Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris once again up here at the Granite Outpost hosting the Jacks Rangers show. What a weekend it was. Great win against uh, DC. What a redemption story it is. We're one and one against them this year. Great atmosphere at Union Point, Fort Union Point, as I'm calling it. The Rangers showed up and showed out. We were loud. We were proud. We were very excited to be there, propelling our boys to a great win against DC. We got Seattle coming up this week, guys. We got to make sure that we are fortifying the fortress, continue to come out. Uh, what a great experience it was. Let's continue it into next this coming week. On the show this week, we've got two interviews. Two of our buddies, friends of the show, have joined us. Uh, we've got Tammy McQueen and also uh, Natalie Joshua are going to be a part of the interviews this week. Of course, we always have the Outriders episode. We'll be breaking down our win against DC. We'll be talking about our upcoming opponents, the Seawolves. Morty the Cat, the official mascot of the Jax Ranger show, has jumped into my lap. I think you could hear her bill, a bell there a second ago. Free Jacks news as well in the Outriders segment. So let's get right into it, guys. Here comes the intro music. There's Morty's bell. She's helping out. Here we go, baby. Woo! Here we go, guys. Once again, hello, everybody. Wanted to jump right into the show here. Coach Ryan Martin Hat Fund still exists. We're at $150 out of our $250 goal. Once we get that extra $100, guys, like I said, I've got a big wacky check with the Jax Rangers logo on there that I will be presenting to Coach. So if you can donate 10 bucks, if you're listening to the show right now and you haven't donated yet, $5, $10 goes a long way towards that goal, guys. I would appreciate it. Next thing here, shout out. Everyone that said hello at the game against DC. Appreciate you listening. Glad that you're a fan of the show. Yeah, if you got a sticker in between the last game uh, against Toronto and the game against DC, those are in the mail. I appreciate your support. If you can post those, once you receive it, take a photo of it, you know, stick it somewhere or just hold it in your hand, take a photo of it, tag us, Jacks Rangers on social. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter please do that for us. Right now, we've got the Outriders segment, as promised. Uh, we are going to be breaking down the game against DC, looking towards the upcoming game against Seattle, and we'll have a little bit of Free Jacks news as well sprinkled in. So here we go with Outriders here on the Jacks Rangers show. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris once again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I've got Dave from Yeti Pullet Rugby with me. As always, Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic. Fantastic. Good. How about you, Phil? I'm sweating like a whore in church right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's humid up here. It is. It is sticky outside and sticky inside and sticky everywhere. Mm -hmm. But it was a great weekend for rugby. Sure was. Let's get right into it with Free Jacks news here on the Outriders segment. Uh, Free Jacks announced the next home game, June 13th, will be a dog-friendly match. You can bring your pooch to the game. I'm more of a cat person. I think you are too. We always see your I, cats in the Yeah, background. we see Luna, the you know official queen of the podcast. I think uh, nice. right here behind me. Yeah, she's she's the girl. Um, I hadn't heard that. That's cool though. I love that. You know, there's a lot of a lot of the rugby people are also dog people. Um, you know, there's always dogs at rugby matches. In my experience, I'm sure yours is probably pretty similar. Yeah. So yeah. that's great. I know that'll make a lot of people. My buddy John Gill will probably be happy about that. You know. Yeah. Um, 
So good for them. Should be fun. Absolutely. Coach Ryan Martin announced he will do 100 push-ups if we get a sellout for one of the upcoming games on Coach's Corner last week. So get your tickets now, Rangers. We definitely want to see those 100 push-ups. That's right. Um, Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Muscle Man, that's going to be you know piece of Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the real ultimate warrior. He says it's being Conradi, but we know. Yeah. It's Marto. We wonder what the truth is. I don't think I could do 20 right now. Uh, you know, give, it depends on the time frame. If I've got an hour, I could do, I could do 20. That's, that's yeah. all right. I can manage yeah, yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. Um, two free jacks made the MLR Geico 15, Eric the Yager and Tara Matumbu. That's right. Um, Congrats to them. those guys. Yeah. Good, good job. Um, great forward effort this week, obviously with them getting their awards for position of the week. Yeah, and we'll uh, talk about them more later. Obviously, yeah. I, have a <laughs> I won't be able to help be. myself. Yeah, I have a feeling we will be. Um, Free Jacks have announced another signing. Stefan Coetzee, um, super rugby experience hooker, joined the Free Jacks from the Seattle Sea Wolves, who we happen to be playing this week. Yeah, so. yeah, made some big contributions um, this past Sunday, and uh, uh, should be um, really interesting to see him play against Seattle. I agree. I mean, when you get a super rugby experienced player, regardless of what position it is, that's that's a win big time. Because, yeah, I mean, that's some it, of the best rugby that you see in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely, and some of the most fast paced rugby you're going to see. You know, um, he's he's got a lot a lot of speed. You know, we saw. He is a 29 year old, six foot one, 250 pound South African. I got our buddy, friend of the show, best friend of the show, Rucky, uh, who's going to be featured a little bit later on in the episode here, guys. Um, he gave us a scouting report. Oh. He says he's a, fe- a freaking stud, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big, strong, nice hooker, excellent throw-ins as well. What do you think, Dave? Just a hook, just hooker depth or excellent throw-in? That sounds nice. I mean... Yeah, um, I think the depth is really important. Um, it we saw just this weekend um, one thing that it lets them do is put Vila Tolatau uh, in the back row. We don't need him anymore as a hooker replacement, so you gain a lot of flexibility there. Um, I've talked before in the podcast how much you know I have like a coach crush on players who play diverse different positions you know second row and back row front row second row front row back row it's quite a combo so um he kind of in a way he unlocks um things for vili Tau as much as anything else and he is a fantastic player and will be a great contributor himself um so it's a i think it's a really good really good signing i think any utility player regardless of sport is very high valued if you can throw them in pretty much anywhere within reason i think those guys are very valuable and and will continue to be throughout this league for sure um so let's see here women's independence match against uh connecticut uh, selects on june the 13th good luck lady indies i saw on instagram that captain josh larson and tara matumbo are um will have some type of role in this women's team i think they were planning something involving that so I'm hoping That's that they will cool. use the free Jills in the future for the professional women's team whenever that happens down the road. I've, I've talked about that previously. <laughs> yeah, uh, great that they're uh, supporting the women's game um, alongside the men's. Uh, really cool that Tara and Josh are going to be um, taking some role on there. Um, I'll be trying to get there and take that in a little bit. I think it should be some really good rugby. Um, so I'd encourage everybody to come out early and uh, watch the selects play. 
Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so let me turn my cell phone off, highly unprofessional. Um, rapid reaction. Observation, a rivalry week for some teams this round. Um, Austin and Houston with the Texas Cup and the two Southern teams in a grudge match, Atlanta and NOLA. So the first one that I have listed here is the Austin Jabronis. Don't think we have, we're giving up on that name. It's just going to continue every single week here for me um, against our Houston Sabercats. Uh, well, my Houston Sabercats, my my Western Conference team, who's not doing very well. 28 to Austin, um, Houston, 9. So what I wrote down for this Texas Cup clash, no score in this one through 25 minutes. Yellow card for Austin at the 40th minute with Houston down by four. But this time they actually scored points, a penalty kick successful to make it six to seven. Austin then scores with only 14 men at the 50 minute mark. If you want to beat Houston, then get a yellow card. That seems to help out the opposition <laughs> teams. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. Or at least not hurt, which is a problem a little right. bit, but um you know, I, I'm I'm sympathetic towards Houston as well. I've talked about, you know, I, I, I can like an underdog. Um, I, I like those stories. And you've mentioned Grant Cole. I mean, one of the most compelling guys in American rugby. Right. And it's just such a huge Sabercats fan. He'll make yeah. anybody a fan of Houston. So, sure. plus great stadium. So Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the huge selling points for me is you have a rugby-specific stadium, I'm going to be at least a, a faraway supporter somewhat. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Austin put hot sauce in the Texas cup. The, the last time my girlfriend and I were in Texas, they had hot sauce packets at the Dunkin' Donuts down there, which I thought was pretty interesting. That's hey, you gotta you give the people what they want. Amen. And the people want hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Austin at NOLA. I'm calling this the Southern Derby. Um, I don't know if there's an official title for it, but it makes sense. Uh, yeah, it should have one. It's a good rivalry. They need a, um, like a grits cup or something like that. That would be great. Oh, I like that. <laughs> uh, big crowd for this game. I saw the um, Atlanta bust in at least one bus full of fans. You love to see that. I mean, I don't know the exact hours between the two, but I mean, they are relatively close. It's the same region, right? Yeah, it's a good, it's still a good haul. I'd guess, you know, at a guess, I'd say probably six to eight hours. Yeah. Not, not the quickest uh, round trip there for sure. Yeah. Uh, lovely kick and chase after a scrum turnover for Atlanta sees them score first. Check the highlights for this one, guys. One of the most dominating scrums that you'll see by NOLA causes Atlanta to completely fold in on themselves. <laughs> um, it was scrum porn for sure. I definitely watched it a couple of times in the highlights. Um, yeah. yeah. If you're a scrum guy, watch every NOLA game. They got the top scrum in the league right now. They're they're scary. <laughs> Big brain Cam Nolan scores a sneaky try by going around the ruck after the Atlanta scrum half has both hands on the ball and the referee says use it right before the half. So that's an, um, you know a guy, an international experience guy that's been all over the world, right, playing rugby. Um, it's yep. just so smart to jump on that ball um, in the try zone there. Yeah, big brain play. Um, you, you love that kind of stuff. Um, good, good on him. It's one of the things that makes Cam a, a fun player. He's huge and smart, and yeah. what a what a combo that is! Absolutely, yeah, just like us. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I should know. Uh, Atlanta's successful penalty kick at 71 minutes in is the decider, but Nola was attacking past the 80th minute, only to knock the ball on to lose the game at home. Ouch! Low yeah. scoring game though. Yeah, heartbreaking, heartbreaking finish. 
We almost had a heartbreaker at our house. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, on. It depends on depends on which side of the pitch you're on, and whether it's a heartbreaker, huh? For sure. Um, so that score was I don't think I mentioned the score. That was eight Atlanta to Nola's seven. Extremely close game. Um, I know that uh, Rob Hammerschmidt of the Rugby Rant podcast is heartbroken. I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, but you know you'll you'll live to fight another day. The next game on here, uh, high scoring was San Diego 40 and Toronto 30. And this was at uh, Toronto, so it was really in in Atlanta. Uh, Mm -hmm. 9 a.m. body clock start for San Diego. Did not seem to affect San Diego too much. It was 16 to 6 after 21 minutes. Joe Peterson, who is one hell of a fly half, uh, kicked a successful drop goal in this game. I want to see more of those. So if anybody is out there listening that happens to be in the back uh, for an MLR team, please try. Just yeah, hey, just kick it up there. You know, I mean, if you're especially if you're in the league, you know, you know, increase your points there. Uh, yeah, I would love to see more. Uh, this is a back. This was a back and forward game into the 60th minute, but then San Diego began to break away. It's great to see Chris Robsaw come on as a sub uh, for San Diego. Good to see him back in the fold there. Uh, there was maybe 15 people in the stands for this game in Atlanta for Toronto. You have to kind of feel bad for them. If I'm a person that is like a, um, a rugby fan in Atlanta and Atlanta's away somewhere and I'm not going to go to that game, why wouldn't you just go to see Toronto? You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to figure that you take advantage of those opportunities when you get them. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I don't know. Uh, tough, tough, tough for Toronto to play under those conditions, and uh, just imagine what kind of homecoming they're going to have next season when they're back. When they're back up there, that would be a, a match to travel to. I'll tell everybody for right sure. now. Yeah. I'd love to go to Toronto and take in take in a match there. My girlfriend and I have said the same thing. We'd love to go see a Red Sox and Blue Jays game, um, and that would be amazing if it was like lined up with the the Free Jacks playing. Um, yeah, <clears throat> uh, Toronto. Yeah. Good shout. Let me know if you find one. Oh, uh, well, for sure. Yeah. Um, there was, yeah, so I've mentioned that there was a low turnout uh, for that game. Unfortunately, due to COVID, they just don't have any home field advantage with the fans being rowdy and stuff like that. So you hate to yeah, see Yeah, and we've seen that that's meaningful in the league, um, you know, partially for travel reasons, but also partially that crowd noise and just the little energy edge you get. Um, so it certainly helped the Free Jacks, you know, so yeah. uh, tough conditions. Um, for sure. Feel for those players, you know. All right, next one on the docket here. Um, I'm skipping over our game, of course. We've got Utah Warriors 29, Seattle Seawolves 28. This was a nail-biter, folks. Let me tell you what happened. This was at Seattle, of course. A great game for former Wasps man Ross Neal with two tries in the game. He is leading the team with eight in total now. I mention Ross all the time um, when he does well because he's a Wasp guy. I'm a Wasp fan. Um, I think he it's interesting that he came to the MLR because that guy, if he's playing for Wasp, I mean, he could really play on any team in the premiership. Right. Um, at least coming in maybe on, as a sub in certain situations with a team that's very, very good. But um, guy cha- chose to come over here. So you have to commend that Seattle leading 21 to 15 at halftime after 80 minutes, a former Seattle player, Oliver Khalifi, scored a try and the conversion sealed the comeback for Utah more heartbreak for the home team Seattle fans. <sighs> I hate it for them. Um, 
you know, I'm not really a fan of theirs per se. I just, I wish that they would do well and, you know, uh, give something their, for their fans to cheer about because Rucky's so awesome. Like I've, we've said on this show before, Rucky was the first person to reach out to me on Facebook with the Jack, or excuse me, um, Instagram with the Jack's Rangers um, account. So we became friends, you know, we've done a, a sticker exchange. I actually got Rucky's comments about this game. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll share those with you right now. Our, I thought our boys fought with all their heart. I think it was the most complete game that we've played this season. Sometimes it doesn't go your way, but I'm proud that they didn't give up no matter what. But they do make my job so very easy. The fans were also amazing last night. So this was, I talked to them a couple days ago. It was super loud. And even despite a loss, they cheered after the final whistle. So, so loud. It felt like a win. They make me so proud. So that's nice from Rocky to say. Yeah. Good on, good on him. Um, I, I think that's good, good analysis too, uh, yeah. of, of their, you know, it, it being their, their best complete game, which is kind of an area they've struggled just finishing teams out, um, when they do have an edge, um, and bringing it all to the table. So yeah, not bad for an Oracle well, you know? Yeah. Weird. How does he type? <laughs> that's a good question. Can't um, figure it out. <laughs> so that brings us to our game at home. This was on Sunday. Uh, 34 Old Glory DC to our New England Free Jacks 38. But this was a lot closer than it should have been, in my opinion, and I'll get to yes. that later on. Um, as a born and raised Southerner, I can say without question it was hot as hell at the beginning of that game day, uh, <laughs> which was not good. Yeah, it was miserable. It was the hottest game of the weekend. Um, I looked up the weather at all of the cities. Um, Houston was 88. Nola was 91. South gets hot. Wow. Uh, Marietta, where Toronto was playing in Georgia, was 86. Seattle looked breezy, 64. 94 degrees in Weymouth, Massachusetts on Saturday. Um, I actually played in the touch rugby uh, jamboree before this match, and it was indeed hotter than Hades. Um there is no shade out there on that pitch turf. If you haven't played on it before in the summer, it soaks up sunlight and literally radiates heat back up at you. Um, if you don't have shoes on, you'll burn your feet, you know, and you hear occasionally stories about like football teams getting literal burns, second degree burns on their hands, you know, and bodies from trying to practice on it. Wow. It gets hot <laughs> and it was a miserable, miserable day on that pitch. Yeah, I mean, good on you for uh, participating in that uh, that uh, little event there. And uh, you actually were so toasted, you left uh, you left at halftime. I did. I left at halftime. My family was there with me. Um, the kids had kind of had it, and um, I was getting heat exhaustion. I played in an old boys uh, jamboree uh, or festival, they call it actually, a festival up in uh, New Hampshire, um, in Laconia um, or Franconia. Sorry. Uh, right on the other side of Franconia Notch. Um, and that was all day Saturday. So by Sunday, I was already sore and tired and then played in the touch sevens in the heat. And by halftime, I'd had two liters of water water, and a bottle of Gatorade and um, was still feeling terrible and just uh, went ahead and left. Yeah. Um, caught the rest of the match at home. Um, it, was, it was brutal. But I have to say... Um, if you're ever thinking of doing something and Ollie says he's got your back, you know, come do this or yeah, don't worry about it. Just show up. 
um, show up. When Ollie Englehart hooks you up, he hooks you up. We needed a few more players for our team on that touch uh, jamboree. We only had five guys on the Charles River team, mm -hmm. and we tried to pick up some single registrants, but there turned out not to really be any um, or be very many. Um, I asked Ollie if he wanted to fill in and he said, no, I got a referee, but head on down to that last tent down there. There's some guys from DC and they want to get a run in. And so I walked down and said, Hey, we're the, we're the team that you guys, if you want to play, um, play with us, you know, Ollie said to come down and grab you. And so threatened Palamo, Owen, she and Mungo Mason went ahead and, uh, came onto the pitch and we had uh, uh, three MLR players from the DC squad fill out our touch team. Um, it was, it was fantastic. These guys, um, if you don't know who they are, threat Palamo is one of, if not the youngest player ever to play in a world cup mm -hmm. um, uh, at, I think 18 years old came on, played as a center for the United States. So he's an Eagle with 17 caps and 13 starts. Um, Owen, oh, she is a local Bethesda guy. So he's, he's a great story. You and I both love those local guys who get signed to their local teams. Oh, yeah. um, and he's one of those dudes and he gets to hang out and learn from the likes of threat and Palamo and Mungo Mason. Um, Mason uh, has played with Scotland sevens um, and Edinburgh and is now uh, threatened and Mungo are the captains of the DC squad. Mm -hmm. um, both happen to be out recovering from injuries right now. Looked, looked pretty healthy to me. Uh, <laughs> they were fantastic, humble, kind. Uh, they hung out with us for the entire two hours. They didn't just like come play with us a little bit and then, you know, go back to their tent. They, you know, they joined our team. Uh, we got a great picture. We had some extra t-shirts actually. So we ended up giving them some t-shirts and Mungo's home club back in Australia. He was born in Scotland, but raised in Australia and his home club there is the rats just like Charles river rugby. So he and I, uh, and everybody else were just super excited by that little bit of synchronicity. Um, cool. and yeah, it was fantastic. Just you know hockey subbing it out with those those guys on a on a hot day it certainly made it much more bearable um and my uh friends and i all really appreciated it so that's so awesome man. thank well, you to the org thank you to those three guys for playing um couldn't have had a better time a once in a lifetime moment there for you for sure that's so cool absolutely <laughs> and also uh just to note here our ceo of the free jacks actually got out there and played in a horse suit um, yeah get up yeah costume. full like you know, fleece horse onesie, those stretchy ones, you know, one size fits all horse costume sort of thing. Um, and not only did he play, he played great, not shocking, you know, Mags, Mags had some, had some rugby bona fides himself. Uh, but yeah, he, he tore it up, um, had an incredible amount of energy for somebody wearing what is essentially one of those garbage bag suits that they make you wear if you're a boxer and you need to lose eight pounds in two hours or whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. I, I did hang, hang out with the wine and cheese crowd at the Jacks Club for the whole game because of the covered tent. I came into the game with an empty stomach. I will never mistake, make that mistake again. I was pretty well hydrated, but I felt like crap, man. I felt like um, 200 pounds of crap in a 10-pound a bag. 
Yeah, the heat will definitely catch up to you, especially yeah. if you haven't haven't eaten. Um, that was part. That was a big part of my problem too. Is I ate before I came to the touch, but then I was running around with friends and family before the match, and then I didn't want to miss the match. And by that time, you know, I, I was tanking. So I feel you. Um, I'm sure they're looking for for more options there. There's stuff to work out um, around the production, which makes sense. You know, they've only hosted a, a, a very small handful of actual, you know, full scale. Well, only a you know, two full scale matches. Right. Um, so, uh, they'll get there. Um, they have some kinks to work out with the pregame show. Um, they had an incident where it looked like fireworks went off a little early or, you know, maybe should have been called off and spooked a horse. Um, if anybody saw that, uh, the boy who's on the back is, is fine. Um, they post on their Instagram. That's, um, the mighty Quinn, uh, kind of has a social media presence has done some stuff at Bruins games too. I know. Um, so if anybody saw that and was worried, um, you know, my, myself, I know you were worried as well, Phil, but sure, they, yeah. they did the other day on social media, they let everybody know that he's perfectly fine. Um, everything went okay. Um, I think they need a professional event manager, a producer for their live show. Um, I know everybody's on shoestring budgets right now and they may not just may not have the flexibility to do that at all. Right. Um, and they're probably, you know, it's probably on a to-do list somewhere. But live live event production is incredibly difficult. It's the sort of thing that seems easy until you have to do it. And then, um, you know, we, we see those results. The Anthem has had some issues, um, you know, where it seems it appears at least they have musicians there to perform it who then don't just don't get to perform it because it comes over the PA. Um, so uh, a professional in a rehearsal, I think, would go a long way. Yeah. Um, I know they only have so much access to the field as well and that there's a lot of moving parts, but that's my uh that's my opinion on it and i'm glad i'm glad he's okay yeah of course uh, so glad he's okay when uh, we were thinking about you for sure mm -hmm. um when that incident happened um i was thinking about like well this is just not my day i'm gonna leave <laughs> i was just feeling so like crap and i saw that and i was like yeah maybe i'm just not supposed to be here today <laughs> yeah it's tough at one point you can see my wife in the crowd aghast right after it happens in the pregame on the you know on the broadcast right um, it's fortunately, it's not on the live video. So if anybody's going to go back and watch, you know, you don't, you don't see it or anything. There's nothing graphic. And like I said, the boy, the boy was okay. Um, just fell off the back of the horse when it reared. Right. And, um, oh, I mean, with what you're saying, I'll just, you know, say that it's probably, it is on the to-do list. I'm sure it's something that yeah. they'll get to eventually. They got to work out all the kinks. I know that they're taking feedback from fans. Um, Mags after the first game was like welcoming emails. And of course I sent one in with just, you know, feedback from what I saw. And there's still stuff that they got to iron out. And that's definitely on there as somebody, they need somebody that is a professional that's, you know, has the experience in doing these live events for sporting events. Um, maybe like someone in the minor league uh, baseball team with experience uh, leading that that charge because those guys have to fill so much time and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So we'll get there, you know, it's just a, it's just a process. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, friend of the show, Chris Lind, uh, Lind, excuse me, wanted me to point out that he got the point difference correct. And I quote, <clears throat> free jacks by fault is what he, he told me as the prediction. And he was right. That's great. So, so Chris Lynn, there's, there's your, uh, there's your moment right there. My friend, you were correct. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's see it. Get a regular spot. Keep calling it. So I will mention that he he kind of scared me a little bit with the comments that he's been making lately about our game against Seattle. I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, quick start for our free jack scoring from a line out mall only two minutes into the game. Then Billy, our boy, 
scores uh, with Aleki or Aleki, right? Uh, danced his way well past the game line, and it was 12 to zero, 15 minutes in. I have to say, I was feeling pretty good, not um, not physically, but in terms of watching the game, I was thinking, oh, we're going to whoop their ass just like New Jersey did. How did you feel early on? Yeah, it's definitely it was very confidence inspiring. Um, I felt felt really good um, about that. I've talked about how much I like. I mean, and who doesn't like scoring early that way? You know, it's a really good way to maintain control of the game. Um, that way, you just don't have to feel like you're chasing at all. Yeah. Um, they were they were really good tries. Um, our set piece at the mall off the lineout is just. Um, really really clicking right now and it's it's really good to see they saw uh in the second half they also had a big 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 mall um 22 meters for a penalty try so not just a try but a try and a yellow card um one of the best results you can get (laughs) you know uh and um it was just it was just fantastic they were they were dialed in right there um so very fun to watch absolutely DC's number seven bulldoze Josh Larson after an uncontested line out out inside our 22 that turned into a try. It seemed like a delayed reaction from the free Jacks. I'm guessing that we were setting up to defend a mall. What did you see on that play? Dave? Did you see? Uh, they, yeah. So the free Jacks did the no contest at the mall um, thing that they have done in almost every game. Um, and I think what we saw is teams catching on. A little bit um there's no way that if they're doing their homework uh, which you know they they got to be um that dc didn't know that this is a thing that new england likes to do and talk about what to do so we're going to see teams planned responses um and it's a little bit of a chess match situation um larson was like in the right place but like you said the timing i think really messed him up and that was deliberate dc brings the ball down they have it at the front of the mall mm-hmm. um and they wait just a beat and then they separate and as they separate uh the seven who was kind of standing at the back of the would-be mall you know the mall that never was where the ball's still at the front when jumpers still got it at the very front Mm -hmm. they break away the seven runs right into the gap that suddenly exists and the jumper just you know hands it to him essentially um and then he immediately as the screen parts bumps josh who got got down in a pretty an attempt to get low but just was not in the right body position you know because of where the guy appeared from to make the tackle and just got bumped and then there was uh nothing left really to stop him he took a you know pretty generous angle that made pursuit about him impossible um and got it in uh we're gonna see teams do that they're gonna bring you know their best response to that mall no contest it's on to me it's a really fun exciting thing to watch Mm -hmm. um you know what teams do uh it does work it 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 doesn't always result in a penalty it's not always going to get you a turnover right we we can't think of it that way what it does is it stops the other team from having the mall as a platform in that moment to attack with and we know the mall is extremely productive as an attacking platform it generates a lot of tries a lot of tries statistically come off of lineouts and a lot of those tries are malls so if you can take away a big chunk you know at least once or twice a game you know the, a team's only going to get a handful of those opportunities to try to push a mall over and if you can just automatically deny one or two of them by just refusing to have a mall and making them show you a creative response to that i think it's good 
Uh, I think it's positive. I know there'll be people out there, especially traditionalists and, you know, um, uh, coaches who are cowards who are going to say that, you know, it must stop. You can't do it. You must just maul them, engage them in the trenches, you know, but um, I disagree. Challenge teams uh, do weird things. Um, I, I firmly believe that that's a really good way to approach the game um, and to show different looks and be creative, change the numbers in the line out every time you go up, you know, stuff like that and really just push teams um, creatively and intellectually. And I think that's a way to do that. Just challenge everybody, basically. And I think it fits with our mindset and kind of how the Free Jacks play. Challenge teams. Gotcha. Perfect. All right. Um, so I mentioned this during my halftime thoughts on Instagram and Facebook. DC scores from Amal 38 minutes in, but the Free Jacks respond immediately with Tara getting his first try in MLR. That was championship type stuff from our Free Jacks to go into the half scoring a try like that. I mean, you you expect a championship level team to score after, you know, uh, a team scores on them um, and especially going into the half there to get the score um, and, and leading into the game there. Uh, it's fantastic. What a great response from our boys. Yeah, this this game, this match was a big gut check. Um, and uh, in some way, you know, we found some areas where we need to fix for sure. But uh, um it, what the what the boys showed is that they are the team that we saw at the very beginning of the season who do not give up. They keep hitting until the final whistle. Um, and that's what they did. And that's how they won this game. You know, this was uh, we saw them make some mistakes. This game could have gotten out of control um, and they could have they could have lost it. But they kept attacking, you know, times like that, the beginning or the end of the half. Um, and it proved it proved really critical. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that people. Mistakes aside, I think that the team as a whole really stepped up and there were just some extremely positive things to take out of this match. Yeah, Um, A huge moment in the game after the half, the Free Jacks um, have a Dougie Fife grubber try disallowed, but the response is Waka who kicked the grubber like a thief in the night, intercepted a pass from D.C., to go well over um, half the pitch to score a try with a huge roll from the crowd at 44 minutes. Do you yep. know what the call was for the 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 try that was not? Um, I did not. Um, I I watched the broadcast a couple times and I didn't I didn't pick up exactly what it was um, that disallowed it. It was a little bit uh, the editing was a little bit choppy on it. Um, I. Uh, I don't mean to blame the producers or anything. It just, I, I uh, didn't, didn't really pick it up. I'm not sure. I think I will go back and watch it again um, just to try to nail it down. Uh, my guess would just be that he was off sides. Yeah. I think you know, I in saw front of the that. kicker. That's what it's usually going to be. Um, I think I could have sworn it. I saw the motion of offside, but I, you know, there was no confirmation on that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Um, so skipping ahead a little bit, I mean, Obviously, D.C. mounts a comeback. We were up 31 to 12 after 46 minutes. So I'm thinking, you know, we're going to manage the lead, like I mentioned in uh, my halftime report. No worries. Happy days. But D.C. starts mounting this comeback. I think they scored three tries after that point to R1. Um, Way too many missed tackles. Um, There was tackling that was too high and only using one arm in certain uh, situations. Defense left a lot to be desired at times. Um, what was the issue in your mind, Dave, 
um that was i mean i don't even know if i would call it fitness that was the weather you know the conditions um uh especially things like one arm high tackles that a lot of the time is really a reflection of exhaustion from a player Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a lot of work to get down and make a proper tackle um and uh the the re nobody is you're never just going to give up a tackle that you aren't quite in the right position to make and so you know you reach and you, you catch somebody um high uh i think they you know just were getting gassed they continued to play really physically and real at a really high pace so it's right. not like i guys we're not sandbagging it you know that's not what i'm saying yeah. i'm just saying that uh, in those conditions, everybody's picking up cramps. Watch the video. You'll see every single player stretching out cramps. Um, when one of those cramps hits, you lose a step. You know, you get a hitch. Um, and it's it's things like that, that that catch up with you. It's not an effort thing. Um, the effort that guys put out was incredible. Um, it's, you know, it's not that it's just the sort of thing that, that is going to happen. That said, you, you know, you want to adjust for it. They're still, I'm sure correcting mistakes where maybe that hitch wouldn't have cost you a tackle, you know, those, those, those moments, um, you know, that's, that's Marto's unenviable job is to go through and, you know, dissect all those things with those guys. And they posted on social media that they were doing that, you know, just today, I believe, um, you know, education day, uh, everybody reviewing film. So, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna stitch those holes up. Uh, hopefully they're certainly trying and, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, uh, they'll be, they'll be disappointed that that wasn't a a much bigger margin. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so the final parts here in terms of what, what was happening with the game. Um, so I was worried uh, because we were barely holding on. 81 minutes into the game, Jason Robertson has a huge meter gain run. Alecki makes a try-saving tackle. The offload to Danny uh, uh, Tusitala, right, is mm-hmm. an awful hospital pass that goes through the fingers. Um, and we gained possession of the ball to win, but it was a lot closer than it should have been in my personal and humble opinion. Yes. Um, fortunate, you know, that that was not a better pass, um, a tough pass to make, obviously, at that time. Yeah. Um, so uh, just a little bit, a little bit shade high or, or missed time, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was it was a tough tough moment and and the free jacks are fortunate because you know that yeah. could be the difference you know in the end between a playoff spot and not that that one pass um because we we needed all the points that we got right yep. Yep. uh it was a really challenging game on a lot of levels i think and guys really stepped up across the board mm-hmm. um so I know we're gonna we're gonna pick our uh, men of the match before before too long, um, but I just want to kind of rant about how great the team was uh, before because it was really challenging to pick somebody. Um, so the pack in particular, I you know no no disrespect to the backs, but it's just uh, not as I've said many times my um, area of expertise. It's a growing area for me. We would use maybe in, um, you know, annual review parlance. Uh, so for the pack, um, we saw 
Quentin Newcomer really show a lot of eagerness to carry the ball. Um, he's going to work on his handling a little bit. He had a couple spills, um, but he hit the gain line hard and with pace and showed that he can win collisions and make meters um, and that he could turn into a really threatening carry option for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Janssen threw lasers at the line out and set a beautiful platform and steered all of the uh, malls perfectly. He also was fantastic coming off the line with energy on defense and making uh, big tackles in kind of broken situations. Um, Eric DeJager played like 75 plus minutes um, at tight head in incredible heat um, and uh, score to try did fantastically um, all over the place. Set piece performance was great. Uh, Josh Larson was super rangy, like he always is, moving all over the pitch. Great strategic movement and, and tackling um, there. Uh, Jackson Thebes at one point just held up the 15 from DC and it had to be torn off of him by two forwards like they were bouncers. It was hilarious um, in the second half. Uh, you can go back and, and look for it. Um, Tara Matembu made the 15 of the week. He was he was all over the place, scored his first tries, free jack. Um, just a really, really good, uh, another hard work, great effort performance. Um, Joe Johnston had big runs and turnover penalties, all the stuff we expect from one of the top sevens in the league. He played a great game. Um, Vili Tolatau has had a lot of energy and collisions all season, but at eight, he's clearly even more free to do that. He set a really, really high bar early in the match with some huge runs Mm -hmm. that is always the sort of thing that's going to give teams momentum. Um, and then off the bench guys were, were great as well. Um, Geist at one point was involved in like every single collision on the goal line for two minutes when he came in for Vili. Um, I mean, he was just hunting for work. Um, it's what you want to see from a guy off the bench. Uh, Kotsia was, uh, super energetic, had some great runs outpaced the whole team at one point. Um, you know, and they really had to just empty, empty the stables, uh, to bring it home. And, uh, they really did great contributions from the backs as well. Um, I really like Waka at 10. I really liked Boyle too, but Waka brings a lot. I think, I think, um, that his acceleration is maybe just the edge between him and Boyle. He has that really, really big zip that, that make him a little bit more of a ball in hand threat. Boyle is really good at finding a seam and running a good line when it's open, you know, he will exploit your mistakes. Um, but Waka does a little bit more maybe of that active, active challenge looking for, uh, looking for to create those openings. Um, and I think him at 10 and Alecki, they had a really, really good connection. Alecki had a great match. Um, in the centers, uh, huge runs all over the place. Um, Ewan Brummel played great his first start, um, I believe, and just delivered a really good performance. Hard work, lived up to his nickname. Certainly a, a good, honest worker out there. He was um, he was lighting it up. Um, and it just really was a fun match to watch in that regard. Um, really physical. I hope everybody's okay. You know, it was it was tough. Um, I want to say uh, to Danny Tusatala, you got to be kind. You can't you can't try to stomp on people's heads, even if they're slowing down your ball in the ruck. That's not cool. You know, the ref saw it. Um, if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, at one point, um, Barlow 
had assisted on a tackle and got in and got his hands on the ball. I think he actually had rights to the ball. He got his hands in early. He, he did great. But he did go off his feet, and then the ref told him to, to let go, I believe is what happened once he, okay. once he was off his feet. Right. Um, he didn't let go. And Tusitala stood up and just stomped down with a boot. Um, and in in the broadcast and from the crowd, it looks like he catches um, Barlow. And uh, people were understandably upset. What actually happened is he missed and he stomped on his own player. And uh, the referee said, and I quote, you are very lucky because if he'd hit Barlow, that's a red card. Right. He would yeah. be gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one way to neutralize uh, Danny Tusitala. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but obviously that's horrific. And at no, no time should players ever be trying to stomp on another player's head. I know rough, rugby is like a physical sport. You do as well. You know, uh, yeah. stuff always happens. It sparked a scuffle. Um, teams were angry. Tusitala went, uh, you know, and grabbed uh, Barlow. They had a good shout. You know, I didn't, nobody threw any punches or anything, but it took some time to sort out. Um, and you know, it certainly was representative of kind of the tone of the match. It was very physical. Um, so I hope these guys have a, a good bit of rest and recovery this week. You know, I'm sure guys will be getting worked on, um, and wish them the best. Cause there's some, there's some bumps and bruises out there in uh, rugby land for sure. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention my musket size pants tents. Um, I really thought this was going to be Danny uh, Tusitala, but after watching the highlights of the game, I'm going to give it to Jason Robertson, who scored a try in the game and looked very dangerous throughout their fly half at DC. Good player. Yeah, he is exciting to watch. Um, he brings a lot uh, and is uh, eager to run, right? You can just tell watching it, it makes those, those, tends very electric um when they are as hopeful to get the break themselves as they are to deliver it to somebody else you know oh yeah so now that brings us to mvp of the game so i think you've got nominations for literally every single player (laughs) (laughs) um i can name mine though it's okay without a doubt uh eric de jager um he delivered uh, playing, I, I'm I'm biased, obviously, as a tight head myself, but uh, playing that long in that position is really just uh, in those in 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 the heat and the humidity is a Herculean effort, mm-hmm. um, and he absolutely delivered a try in the loose. Uh, his set piece was great. He was in all those malls, marching him down the field. Um, you know, the thankless task of just being one of one of the goons in yeah. there, you know, the glue that sticks it together and uh, sheds off the other team. Um, he played he played phenomenally. At one point, he covered two people in midfield on defense simultaneously while cramping in his calf in the broadcast. <laughs> I mean, just left it all on the field. That was like 70 minutes, 73 minutes in or something. That's you know, that's when he got subbed off. Um, he was playing just dynamite, dynamite rugby. Um, yeah, you love so, to see that grit from our players, you know. Yeah, that's a New yeah. England thing. There's New England grit. That's a that's a thing that people talk about uh, with what up here was what we have here, dealing with the weather and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's good to see that our players are, you know, showed that as well on the field. Alrighty, um, so my MVP of the game, I went back and forth on this one. I did think Waka did a great job at ten, and the backs looked better in this game with him steering the ship. I know, I knew who you were going to pick, 
So I didn't. Think <laughs> <it>. uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go with a big name signing in the offseason that just recently is starting games who got his first try in MLR. Tara Matumbu is my yes. man or excuse me, my MVP of the game. So that's, that is a South a African sweep there for us, right? It is. Yeah. And we should mention that Peter Janssen got uh, man of the match on the broadcast. Yes. Um, and he, as we said, played a phenomenal game. I always like when somebody I was thinking uh, had a great match gets, you know, somebody who's at the front of my mind gets man of the match because I feel like I can move on and, you know, sometimes right. and, and pick another player. Sure. Um, so kudos to him. Fantastic match from Peter as well. Awesome, awesome effort for all of the pre-jacks. Um, so now we come to the Seattle preview. And uh, Seattle is the second worst team in the league in a, from a standings perspective. They're yes. currently sitting with two wins to eight losses. My confidence was so high, and it's still pretty high, uh, with this being a home game for us, Dave. But friend of the show, Chris Lind, reigned on my parade yesterday with a seat of doubt. He is putting Do us tell. on upset alert um, for this game. Yeah. Uh, Seattle only lost by one point to a good Utah team. Um, should we be concerned? Are, are we on upset alert? Um, I think we must be on upset alert uh, or else we run the very real risk of sleeping on Seattle. Um, and we know we want to be sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> uh, we do need to be careful. These guys are legit. Their problems are playing complete games, as Rocky himself noted, right? They, they're they not closing out. Um, they can't bring the whole picture at once. Um, if they do that, they're very dangerous. They have two of my favorite players in MLR, um, Duratalo and uh, um, Ross Neal. Uh, Sears Duru. <laughs> um what what were you gonna say i was saying ross neal <laughs> oh no sears sears duru and duratalo are uh big runners you know they're power guys if you're a fan of the fullback as an idea you should like these guys you know they um really bring it they run hard and you know that's my that's my favorite kind of rugby to watch gotcha. um is those those power guys uh but they are they are legit they have a good set piece they have a 91 percent scrum rate um and they are second in the league in lineout wins mm -hmm. um so they are very capable of getting those platforms and if those platforms click they can score tries you've got to be on high alert at those times and we know they can deliver there um so we do need to take them seriously um that said uh my key to the game relates directly to that which is that we have to have our system. Oh, okay. Hang on oh, wait. one second. We yeah. did get some thoughts from Rucky okay. uh, about his Seattle Seawolves. So Rucky um, on who is Seattle's danger man, he says, and I quote, I mean, I'm kind of biased, but I'll say all my boys, but Ross Neal, our vice captain has been amazing this year, as well as our captain Reichert Hatting. Plus he just got a call up for the USA Eagles traveling roster. If I had to pick. And I did ask yep. him to pick. So those were his, his two danger men. He Excellent. also says, um, see, I asked him, what does Seattle do well and what do they need to improve? And this is a very politician type of answer here. <laughs> I, I think they do everything good, but sometimes it just uh, doesn't go our way. To improve, the biggest thing is not taking me to New England. LOL, <laughs> would love to be there. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> so no real answer on that. But go ahead with your key to, key to the game. Uh, yeah. So my, I love that. By the way, sorry we can't hang out, Rucky. Yeah, um, maybe next one time. day we'll get maybe we'll get out there. I have a friend in Seattle with season tickets, so I'd love to get out there and take in a match um, sometime. Uh, we'll meet up one day. Yeah, one day. Uh, my key to the game is that our just our system defense, which I'm kind of defining as like the first three phases after set piece, just to give it a loose boundary. It needs to not give up tries. We've got to dial that in. Um, deny them their launch and that's a challenge that's not like a yeah we just need to do this it'll be easy um we need to really lock it down and not give up those set piece tries um uh you know expecting a shutout is 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 very silly in rugby um it points come to teams uh but if we can shut down their set piece attack i think we will be in good shape um and we need to prove that we can fire on offense like we did this week um, do it consistently and bring our defense at the same time, especially if now we, as we enter really, you know, that last third of the season we're approaching, we're really starting to look at playoff pictures and what the team needs to do to compete there. So that's my key to the game is start, uh, shut down the set piece and, and in so doing really start looking like a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned playoffs there, and it just got my mind uh, firing on all cylinders for a second. Um, so Atlanta and New Jersey are playing each other this week. So one of yeah, those that's going to be a match. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they're yeah. two teams that are ahead of us in the standings. So this could be a real good opportunity for us to win this game. And I don't know if we can leapfrog over them at this point based on the points, but I mean, it really you know kind of makes them start looking over their shoulder a little bit. Yeah, I think at this point I'm rooting for Atlanta to just stay on top. And so I'm looking for them to beat New York and deny them any points so that we can really uh, make it quite a scuffle coming up here in a couple weeks um, and go for go for a run. So I will go with Rucky's prediction before my own. Oh, wait, are we on key? We're on key to the game. OK, so yeah. I'll, I'll give you my key to the game. Uh, all gas, no brakes. Sort out the defense. So I've got all gas, no brakes. So that means you know offense. Let's let's you know tear it up. Put finger to the, I mean uh, the foot on the pedal there and sort out the defense. That's that's uh, my advice there for the key to the game. So Rucky's predict prediction. All right, guys. He put in all caps upset alert with the siren emoji. That's his prediction. No specific score, but he's got us on upset alert. Um, I will go for, first with my prediction here um, because I think you've gone first last week. So New England, 38, Seattle, 10. I'm not believing the hype, guys. I don't think there's any upset alert that we need to be concerned about. I see us winning this game. I feel real good about it. I mean, I had a little bit of seed of doubt from Chris Lynn trying to poison me uh, with that uh, with that nonsense. But, I've, I've listen, we're at home, too. Four-game winning streak, guys, at home. We're going to do this. This is like – I mean, they're, they've got the pieces, right? They, they're a good team that just hasn't very performed very well. But I think, I think we're going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be that close. What about you? Um, I think that we will win the game. I, my, my prediction is uh, Seattle 8, New England 33. So pretty close. <laughs> um, I do want to say that that prediction is predicated on – my key to the game right yeah. locking out those set piece tries if we allow one or two set piece tries that number is going to go up so i'm uh I'm, I'm holding solid at eight 
eight and 33. I think our offense is going to click. Um, but we're going to have to really, we're going to have to work to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And as we've said, um, we, we have to take this team seriously. They've got a lot, they've got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring some, some heat and new England needs to step up. Hopefully they travel poorly. I like Seattle, but I would, I would love to stomp them this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. Rookie, no offense. I mean, next week yep. we'll, uh, we'll hope that you'll win, but this week now we're going to whoop your ass. <laughs> <laughs> You can win Um, any week, but this week, buddy. Yeah. So, I mean, we're both predicting big wins for our New England Free Jacks here. You know, this Seattle team has to travel over 3,000 miles to show up for this game. Travel 100% will be a factor. Seattle was a team that is putting some pieces together, as I said. But I don't think they can rain on our parade this week. So, winning streak continues. Go Free Jacks. Beat Seattle. Huzzah. You got the sign in the background. Huzzah. Let's ride. Woo. Let's ride. All right, we'll see you guys at the game. Yeah, that was the Outriders segment there. So uh, send us an email. Let me know how we did at the Jacks Ranger Show at gmail.com. Direct messages on Twitter. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Let us know how we're doing. Feedback is always appreciated. We're still pretty early on in this thing. We're less than 10 episodes in. We're only at seven, guys. We're still trying to figure everything out. Still trying to tinker with stuff to see what works, what doesn't work. So your feedback is greatly appreciated. Moving right along here, we've got a double interview. One, two, double the fun, right? So we've got Tammy McQueen, who works for the Free Jacks. You will recognize her voice um, from the PA system. If you're a ranger that goes to the games, you will recognize her voice. She is uh, the voice of the Free Jacks at the games there. She works for the Free Jacks. She commutes, guys, from Atlanta, Georgia, to all of the home games. So that's one heck of a commute. You know, <laughs> some folks think they have it bad just having to go from, you know, let's say like Waltham to, to Boston. But Tammy, Tammy flies uh, to, to the games. And also, we've got our one of our contributors, Natalie Joshua, who's been making a couple of pregame write-ups for us about the upcoming games. Mr. Joshua is, um, you know, just a delight. To, we actually hung out, uh, my girlfriend and I hung out with him prior to, I think it was the second home game. So yeah, we really enjoyed his company. Very good dude very knowledgeable about rugby has an interesting story he came he came over from uganda within the past couple years i think he said three years ago so big rugby fan so it was just a pleasure to have him on there and interviewed as well we kind of did a quick interview he was you know wanted me to share the screen and disclosure guys interviews get recorded sometimes weeks in advance Joshua was one of my first interviews that I ever did on Zoom. So I was trying to share the screen and it really wasn't working. He wanted to, you know, promote his social by sharing the screen. And so it kind of got me a little flustered. So the interview was a little bit quicker than I would have liked it to be. We'll, you know, have him on in the future again to do a bit of a longer interview. But that's why it's two interviews this week. One of them was a short one. So I'm just kind of, you know, throwing that one in there with uh, with Tammy's Mr. Joshua. Please accept my apologies, sir. We'll get you in for another one at some point in the near future we're going to jump right into the interviews here first one up is going to be tammy and then we'll have uh, natalie joshua as the second interview here on the jacks rangers show double the fun two interviews here we go Woo! huzzah huzzah rangers this is phil harris from the jacks rangers show if you hear that bell that's my cat um morty (laughs) but uh yeah i've got tammy uh mcqueen here my cat just jumped up into my lap tammy but um, <laughs> there's so I, much that I could really say about that, <laughs> but it's probably censored for this podcast. <laughs> I've got a beer. You've got a beer. Let's crack them open. Let's get into this. Can't wait. Yeah. 
So my, my kids, <laughs> cheers. My cat is going to hang out with us here. First time ever, uh, Morty is on the, on the show, guys. That's amazing. Welcome, Morty. So plug your podcast and plug your social media for us. Like my podcast. All right. So I co-host a podcast called Blood, Sweat and Beers with Christy Kershey, who plays on the USA women's rugby team. And we are currently talking about the journey to Tokyo as the team is preparing for the Tokyo Olympics coming up later this summer. We interview several of her teammates, talk about what it's like to be training, who they would like to compete against as another athlete in their sport, and just some background on what it's like to be in the Olympic bubble right now. Right. Our social handles, you can find everything at, um, at TriBSB. And then uh, my social is just my first and last name, Tammy McQueen. Very cool. Uh, where are you from? You've got an accent. New Jersey. <laughs> That's not true. I am originally from uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, and actually a really tiny town in South Africa. If you have any South Africans listening, they'll know exactly where it is, but it's Benoni. Um, a tiny town best known for Charlize Theron. Oh. Escape from Benoni, a couple of uh, Roger Federer's mom. You know, we just have a really strange lineup of folks that come out of Benoni. And suburb of Johannesburg, I was born and raised in the country, played tennis quite professionally Ooh. and was uh, hit, you know, five foot two and there was just no way I was going to go pro. So <laughs> I came to the US to play tennis on scholarship and that's what brought me to the US. Played undergrad in college in Kentucky. Oh. And um, it's the most non-contact sport out there. Yep, yep. And um, uh, ended up going to grad school, moved around a couple of years, landed up in Atlanta, and here I am today. What school did you go to in Kentucky? I went to Murray State. It's okay, a small yep. Division One school, Western Kentucky. If you're big into basketball, you know the team. Yep. Mid-major every year. Pretty cool. I went to South Carolina, so, you know, I'm familiar with Kentucky, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, okay, so you're from the South then. You came down South. Yes, ma'am. I am from the South. Um, born and raised in North Carolina. Went to the University of South Carolina. Played a little bit of rugby there. Um, guys, give nice. me some she is She's uh, very interested in the microphone. But, yeah, um, yeah, I loved it there. I've, I've, I always wear this. I never take it off. It says cock rugby, so game cock rugby all the way oh i love that okay very cool i used to have one on this uh this wrist but it broke i had it for years i was devastated we'll we'll start a kickstarter campaign for you and get you a new one there you go thank you maybe sell them for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so um how did you join the free jacks organization and what is your official title with them um so i started working with the Free Jack last year in a consulting capacity and um, just really had an opportunity to build all sorts from the brand and from different digital activations, especially since COVID hit so early on in the season, we shifted everything um, to a digital landscape, which was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with Twitch, the digital draft day. Uh, We did some fun activations. And so um, my day-to-day is in venture capital 
And so that's what keeps me busy during the day um, and most nights, if you know the startup world. And so now I am sort of an ambassador for the Free Jacks and you're in stadium host on game day. Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of the Rangers are like, I recognize the voice. This is her, guys. This is Tammy. <laughs> Listen, I would like the title of Chief Fun Officer. Thank you very much. No, cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is awesome. So um, what have you been drinking lately in terms of craft beer? I know that you're in Atlanta. They got any good craft beer brew in that area? Um, they really do. We have a lot of local breweries, which are always fun to attend and go to and try different things. Um, patio weather is fantastic in Atlanta. So we get out early on, I think from March, you have some sunshine and you can get outside. So um, quite a few local breweries that we have out here, very much similar to the Boston scene where beer is really, really big. I can't say that I'm very much into the, um, into sours or IPAs. I, I think it might be a foreign thing, um, but I'm very much into the lagers. So I love a good lager, easy drinking, um, great for a good time, but I do drink the Free Jacks IPA from Baxter, although I do love their lagers. <laughs> Um, one of our good buddies of the show, one of the previous interviews, Ross, is a big lager guy. I don't think he drinks any other beer other than lager. So, yeah, I'm definitely into lager. I don't know; they're just smooth, easy to drink, um, a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, what? Where is your pat? Where does your passion from the Free Jacks come from? Why are you so passionate about the organization? Oh, I'm so passionate. Listen, as a South African, it's in your blood. So you leave the hospital in a rugby kit. Uh, I think that's just by birth. That's what happens if you're South African. Um, and so grew up a huge rugby fan. I was actually at the 95, oh my God, I'm dating myself, at the 95 Rugby World Cup, which was iconic for the country, right? You had the Springboks versus the All Blacks, and it was just such an important time in the history of South Africa that this came to fruition and was so important. And so it's always been a sport that has brought the nation together. And also with the World Cup in 2019, how it absolutely unified South Africa. And it was during that time where um, I connected with the Free Jacks team just after that victory, actually. And I was like, absolutely, I am most qualified for this. The Springboks just won the World Cup. I can sing a national anthem in 11 languages. Like, I think this is a, 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 this is a great fit. Um, <laughs> and I have a huge amount of respect for the leadership and for the investment team behind the Free Jacks as well, who have done such incredible things in the sports world that it was an absolute no-brainer. You know, it's like bet on the hockey, uh, bet on the hockey, bet on the jockey. You know, you bet on the jockey before the horse. So right. that's exactly um, what, I, what I was thinking in this. And it becomes a love for it. When you build something from the ground up and you build something from nothing, you have such an attachment to it and such a love for what they've done and belief in what they are doing. Um, it's like, how can I be involved in any capacity? I will wave the flag, you know, <laughs> at the entrance to Weymouth Stadium. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite player on the team? Do you have one? Oh, gosh, favorite player on the team. I feel like this is like picking favorites here. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. I always... Um, 
gravitate toward um, some of the, the South Africans. Last year, we didn't have any South Africans on the team and we've got quite a lineup of South Africans. And I can't help but say that I'm a huge fan of having some staffers on the team. It's always nice to throw in a house here and there um, and, and use the correct pronunciation of the names. Uh -huh. um, I, I feel like Dallin Sanford, commentator and Free Jacks ambassador as well, really nails the commentary and the names as well. So that's always fun. Um, and then a, a several of the guys from last year, um, whom I'm just a lot more familiar with and having been around longer, um, have been fun to just get to know them a little bit better through social or in passing, you know, we don't get to chat much match days or anything like that, but certainly a lot of fun. Right on. Who has the best hair on the, the team? The best hair on the team? Yes. <laughs> Listen, you know what I love about this is that um, guaranteed everyone's saying Eagle, um, Kyle, but we went through his entire regiment of how he actually combs it, how he goes through it. He has a full on, you know, regiment on how he does this. So I, I have to give respect to to the long mane, but I think there's, there's some interesting guys on the team. I mean, Juggy is absolutely electric blonde hair, which is that lemon he's squeezing on in the sunshine or is this like proper highlights? I need to know. Um, and then we have Walker who has, um, you know, sort of the, the fade and then a little like tied goodie up on the top. Right. Not sure. And that always just changes. But the guys are always so fresh with their hair. It's amazing. Like they've got their barbers and they are on point. It's like, I need to step up my game. <laughs> You're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your MVP so far this season? And why is it Dougie Fife, our boy? <laughs> <laughs> Tries and thighs, baby. We've had this discussion. <laughs> uh, I love it. No, I think, um, you know, you've seen some incredible athleticism. Obviously, Dougie has uh, shown up ma match in and match out with his, um, his tries and his thighs. Um, and then we have, you know, Harry Barlow is super fast on the field and always consistently showing up as well. Um, we've seen a lot of muscle from the South African guys, and um, it's, that's fun to see. Also, you know, I think everyone's just really consistently showing up. John Poland yep. is Absolutely. continues to be the magician on the team, which is so fun. And then, of course, back to Dougie and the Harrison Boyle combo is just phenomenal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I know that you work for the Free Jacks. You're not an MLR employee, so I think you can answer this one honestly. What team or teams do you dislike in MLR and why? <laughs> I know you are trying to push me toward New York. I just know you are. <laughs> you Maybe. have like in the chat here, it is New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I haven't seen, I'm trying to think of the matches that we've seen in person. And um, I'm not sure that there's anyone that I dislike, but I think I really appreciate a strong rivalry among teams. And I think just seeing how that has been fostered among some of the teams is really, really cool. I think seeing how um, Toronto and Atlanta have done that fire and ice competition. I love that now, you know, the Free Jacks and Rooney are really putting at least some comp competition against that. We'll see that um, in uh, July as well, in June, sorry. 
So I think that's quite interesting. I'm not sure that there's uh, a team that I can really speak to enough. I know you're looking for something, uh, something a little edgy here, but maybe a couple more sips and I can get back to this question. <laughs> All right. Um, well, yeah, I mean, rivalry is so important um, in all sports. And in rugby, it, you know, with this being a relatively new league and people finding the league every single week with the broadcast and getting interested, rivalry is going to be very, very important. And the local ones that we have with, I mean, there's such a storied history between New York and Boston, right? So mm-hmm. we need to lean into that, you know, and we're doing the best that we can over here at the, uh, the, the Jack's Ranger show and poking fun with, um, with Rooney and stuff like that and their supporters. So it is very important to have that rivalry. Um, yeah. Another team that we just don't dislike here, where we don't like here is LA. Uh, the name, the attitude, the wins that they've had, the early success. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, we're no hey, I, <laughs> Listen, I am still convinced their logo looks like throwback LA gear of the 90s. Right. I will say it over and over again. But listen, huge respect to the team. Sure. They have built a world-class organization. They've brought in some incredible players. Yep. They are committed to that building that organization like on the world stage. So yep. it's impressive. Their wins are impressive. You don't just put together a brand new team for the first time in their league without impressive, you know, culture from the top down and bottom up. So listen, I have a huge amount of respect for them. Um, Can't knock them. Their marketing is on point. As a marketer myself, I'm like, you guys have got something going there. I'm just glad that they're on the West. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But again, you know, when you're building a brand new league rivalry is so important especially when you don't have hardcore fans we have our founding members and those are the hardcore fans but you really need to build a fan base that is beyond your hardcore fans it goes like listen they could be expats they could be um you know the brand new grassroots movement that are kiddos and then you have just folks that are brand new to the sport that you have to bring them in in some capacity and um i think rivalry does that and it brings different regions together and i think it's it's going to be a big part of what we do for sure for sure and la if you're watching this we don't like you but dang it we respect you (laughs) yes that's very well said i love it (laughs) what other free other than the free jacks what other pro sports team do you support the most and why Oh, I am a huge Manchester United fan. What? Are you serious? Yes. Me too. Yes. Like, I've been a Manchester no! fan for That's crazy. What? That's insane. Okay, so like hardcore Man U fan. I have every single kit that they've ever had from when I was about five years old. That's incredible. Mega fan. Wow. So I grew up, um, my dad played soccer in South Africa and I grew up, um, he was like the first paid transfer in South African clubs. It was wild. And um, this is back in the day when uh, there were sanctions against South Africa during apartheid, so there was no international play. Anyway, fast forward, I come around into, into the world. And so my dad being the mega man you supporter, I grew up in a household where we watched every single premiership match. We watched UEFA. We watched the FA Cup final. Every year was like our Super Bowl. It was massive. I grew up, obviously, when, um, you know, Alex Ferguson 
Hero, yeah. I mean, Nikki right. Butt, um, Skulls, Beckham, Philip Neville, Gary Neville, like yeah. that was my dream team. Yeah. Um, and still, you know, to this day, I am a mega fan. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with these guys, Stretford Paddock on YouTube and Facebook. They do an amazing job of breaking down the games and having fan reactions and stuff like that. I highly suggest checking out Stretford Paddock. For anybody that's a Manchester United fan, go check them out. They are fantastic. They do a great job um, on YouTube. Amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I, that's so crazy that you're a Man U fan. I've been a Man U fan for 20-something years. It's so cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I love it. I think there's just so much history there. I love what they do. And um, I've been able to go to, um, when I've been uh, traveling for work, to um, the UK. I've been to a match. And um, it is just electric. Yeah. The energy, the entertainment, it is phenomenal. So, I love that I've, we figured that out. That's so cool. That's great. Um, so now we have something in common here. <laughs> yeah. So final thing for you here, Tammy, then I'll get you out of here. Um, so we do one word association on the show. So I'm going to say a word or just a couple of words, and I want you to give me a one-word response. The first thing that pops up. Oh, okay, hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and before I say that, obviously, I'm a huge rugby fan, much bigger than soccer. So, guys, don't don't uh, unsubscribe. Just because we like soccer. We love rugby. I like soccer, but I love rugby. All right. We love rugby. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so one-word association. The first one is mags. Hero. Ooh, I like that. The Eagle. Mullet. All right. Coach Ryan Martin. Mustache. Me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So our show, Jack's Rangers. Viral. <laughs> I don't know about that yet. Hopefully one day. Um, John Poland. Magician. Rooney. Who? Rooney. <laughs> Who? <laughs> You're the third person that has done that at some point during this. That's hilarious. Um, Gil Gronies. Gil Gronies? Yeah. I'm thinking Negroni. Right. Yeah, the cocktail, of course. Yeah. All right. That was it, Tammy. That That's it? Man, I was just getting ready. I was just getting warmed up for that. <laughs> That's all I got for you. I appreciate your time so much. This was great. Let's do it again. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And cheers. Thanks for the beer. And cheers. thanks for the great laugh too. Yeah, you're welcome. How are we going? You too. Hello, Rangers. This is Phil Harris, where I'm here with Natalie Joshua. Um, Natalie, plug everything you want to plug, man. Go ahead. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, let me just... Oh. Recorded and uh, uh, I just need to make me uh, a host, a co host. Oh, okay. How do, yeah. I, how do I do that? You know, let's see here. Uh, oh, there we go. Yep, seen that. Okay, so we'll do a countdown here in, in one second again to get it started. Let's see here. There we go. 
Okay, so three, two, one. Hello, Rangers, huzzah, this is Phil Harris here at the Jack's Rangers show. I've got Natalie Joshua here. Uh, go ahead and plug all your stuff, all your social media, and then we're gonna crack open this beer, okay? Sure. I'm ready. Okay. All right, here we go. We got our beer right here. Let's go ahead and crack this bad boy open. Yep. Yeah. Oh. There we go. All right. Um, so do you you have a social media presence? Do you want to plug anything? Uh, uh I'm trying to to plug into my Facebook, but uh, I think it can only be done by one person, which is which, which I think you're already doing. Okay. Yeah, Zoom doesn't allow us to like uh stream to multiple sources. Okay. No problem. Yeah. Um, so let's move right along here. Where are you from? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm from Uganda. Okay. How long were you there before you, you came here? Well, I've only been here for around, uh, uh, this is my third year. So the rest of my life, I was in Uganda. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Um, how did you find rugby? What is your origin story with rugby? Yeah. So uh, I, I met rugby. I fell in love with rugby right when I joined high school. Uh, it's a school in Uganda, yeah. uh, a traditional playing uh, a, a traditional rugby playing school. So uh, I was initiated into playing rugby in, uh, what can I call it? Uh, there we call it uh, S1. So it's like, uh, uh, what? Uh, the beginning of high school. Okay. I could like say that. So yeah, I started uh, uh, in my, in my uh, first year of high school. Okay. So I've been like in love with the game ever since then. That's beautiful, man. Awesome. Yeah. So you played for quite a long time there in Uganda, right? And you also coached? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, uh, actually, that was around my last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I had already hung up my boots. So, right. uh, but I was, uh, I'm actively, I, I was, and I'm still actively engaged with my former club. So uh, I tried uh, to give uh, back to my club. Uh, there was a position, an open position for coaching. So uh, as an assistant coach, I joined uh, with uh, a former Uganda rugby playing uh, prop. Uh, he's the current coach right now, actually. So I was his assistant. Nice. Yeah, so we groomed some good boys and now they're playing beautiful rugby. Awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. Great, great. What position did you play? Uh, I was a scrum off winger. You, you, you can see my body size, so how was it that, that of a big frame guy? Right, right, okay. Yeah, I'm more, I'm more like you. I did play through school, like uh, one, two years after school, and then yeah. I, I called it quits and I joined the beer club. Gotcha. Hey, nothing wrong with that. All right. Uh -huh. Are you a founding member of the Free Jacks? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know your founding member number? Have they told you what that is? Uh, I think... It is. I, I really don't. I really don't know. It. So Spider said his was sixty nine. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll I'll need to check back on that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what beer have you been drinking lately? Do you have a specific brand you always go to? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I drink Guinness. I drink. Uh, I drink multiple. I, I won't lie to you. <laughs> okay. Whatever comes my way. <laughs> yeah. 
So this is kind of like a New England question. I, mean, I know that you've been here for a couple of years, but have you ever had a lobster roll? Have you had that yet? Uh, I'm not very much into fish. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. any seafood is not for me. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Where does your passion from the Free Jacks come from? I see you've got the merchandise on right now. Where does your passion come from for the Free Jacks? Yeah, so uh, when I came over here, I looked for something I could fall in love with and... Uh, the first thing that came to my mind, of course, was rugby. Yeah. And uh, I think that is when uh, the free jacks were coming up and everything. So I'm always on social media. So the free jacks, uh, uh, I searched rugby clubs around New England. Yeah. And I found New England. I was like, I got hooked from the start. So very, yeah. very nice. Very nice. Um, let's see here. What match day improvements would you like to see the club? have before the next home game is there anything that you saw with the venue that you would like to see improvement on anything like that i think what was lacking uh, uh last march there was uh access to food uh because i i think i saw if i'm not mistaken i was i only saw one access point to food right uh and uh you know rugby player rugby fans rugby players uh food lovers so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they has there has to always be access to food because we're drinking beer and everything yes. so yeah i think uh they need to improve on uh provision of food okay yeah who has the best hair on the team oh what <laughs> <laughs> i could go with uh Oh, the name has just gone out of my head what's it's a prop what's his name oh yeah the beard or oh, the beard Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The eagle? The eagle, yeah, the yeah, eagle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kyle, yeah, he's, he's yeah, got great, Kyle. Hair. great hair. <laughs> he has massive hair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who is your MVP so far this season, and why is it Douglas Fife Third, my boy? Oh, so uh, you, you just got the name out of my, my, my mouth. Yeah. Fife is absolutely my MVP. He's, he's playing incredibly good rugby. Uh, together with uh, Harrison Boyle and uh, yep. uh, Justin Johnson. Okay. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, that's his name. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I just love uh, their passion for the game and everything they bring to the brand. Me too, man. We've got so many good players. It's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. Dougie Fife has scored a lot of tries, so I'll give it yeah. to Yeah. All right. Other than the Free Jacks, what pro sports team uh, do you support the most and why? Do you have any other sports teams that you support here in the United States? Uh, Rugby-wise? Well, just in general, in general. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Patriots fan. I got to, uh, I also got uh, hooked with, uh, I'm actually an all-round sports guy. So I tried, I tried to learn every sport that comes my way. That's great. Uh, Saturday, I was at the Revolutions game. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely love almost every sport in New England. Amazingly enough, I actually was a, um, a season ticket holder for the Revolution a couple years oh. back. That was before the Free Jacks. So uh-huh. I decided as soon as I heard about the Free Jacks, I was like, I'm switching, you know, it's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just waiting to watch my first Patriots game. Yeah, okay, right on. Yeah. And of course, this is, I watch, I watch basketball every night. Okay, yeah. Every nice. night. <laughs> Uh, the only the only sport I'm not hooked on right now, to be sincere, I haven't got much into baseball and uh, okay. and hockey. So okay. yeah, 
I really, I had to find a line, a fine line between all sports, you know. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I like both of those sports, and you've got to go to Fenway Park in Boston at some point for the baseball. It's just amazing mm-hmm. there. It's, there's so much history. And with the Bruins, I'll take you to a Bruins game because I love hockey, man. Hockey. I would, I would absolutely love to to get to know that game yeah, too. Let's go because <laughs> we with watching hockey, you can watch it on TV, but you really have to be there to experience it. You know what I'm saying? It's a, right. it's a sport that you really need to go to see it to understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. I get you, bro. Okay. Um, so the last thing that I've got on the list here is one word association. So I'm going to say a word. And you let me know immediately what comes to your mind, all right? Mm-hmm. So, Mags. Oh, CEO. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, cool. We absolutely love our CEO, of course. <laughs> so, the next one on here is Kenny, our Japanese prop. Oh, that name. I, I don't know how to pronounce that name. But <laughs> I just call him Kenny, man. Just Kenny. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't get it out of my, my mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, oh, yeah, he scored a brilliant try over the weekend. I love oh, that. <laughs> so, so great. Good for him. Um, Coach Ryan Martin. Oh, yeah. I, I, I absolutely love New Zealand rugby, so I've, I've heard a lot about him. And, yeah. You know, I've, I've, I follow Mitre Cup. I follow Super Rugby. So, like, yeah, yeah I absolutely love to have a New Zealander coaching us. That brand of rugby is awesome. It's very beautiful to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is just for me, it's just selfish reasons. I've got Jack's Rangers on here. What do you think about Jack's Rangers? Yeah. Way to go Jack's Rangers. So yeah, yeah. we, we shall make it massive. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love podcasting and I, I'm, 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 I'm actually incredibly happy for you. I, I did it for a while and then, I got into so much, so many things with work and everything. So, yeah. yeah. The final one I've got on here is Bodine Waka. What do you think about Waka? Waka is absolutely incredible. I love uh, what what I love most about Waka is his work ethic and his footwork. Yep. Yo, that boy is so electric. You know, yeah. whenever he's, he gets ball in hand, we expect something from him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think he has got a massive boot to add on to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. his tackling is pretty underrated. He's the last line of defense, so he's got a yeah. great tackler, and he does a great job back there. Yeah, he, he really does an incredible job as a 15. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the questions. Um, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for doing this. All right, guys. Let us know how the interviews went with Tammy McQueen and Natalie Joshua. Always appreciate the feedback on that. Before we get you out of here, I just wanted to go through the American Revolutionary War history. On this date in American Revolutionary War history, a small group of Sons of Liberty confronted British soldiers as they were evacuating New York City. They seized wagon loads of weapons. That was in 1775, so pre-official war on that one. And the Revolutionary War quotes of the week. I wish to have no connection with any ship that does not sail fast, for I intend to go in harm's way. 
that was one of the true badasses of American history, John Paul Jones, Captain John Paul Jones. If you haven't looked into his story, guys, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Yeah, but that's going to wrap her on up. Um, go free, Jacks. Beat Seattle. Rookie, you're going down, brother. Woo! Huzzah! Let's ride, baby. Hey!